As we prepare to open God's word together, let's ask him to bless it to us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, on earth your Son reminded us of your truth that it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So we pray that you would feed us now with your word incarnate, our Lord Jesus Christ, and give us life in him, for we pray in his name. Amen. Please be seated. And please turn with me in God's word to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. If you're using one of our pew Bibles, you'll find that on many of the pew Bibles on page 591. The Psalms is a book of the Old Testament between the book of Job and Proverbs. And we... Oh, does it? 37. Is, that cl- is it right in the bulletin? 37? Okay. Thank you for cl- I always take clarifying questions. Uh, psalm 37. Uh, it's a wonderful psalm. It's the psalm of David. And the, the heading there in the ESV, I think, helps us. It says that he will not forsake his saints. That's the great theme of this psalm. So we want to think about this psalm. We won't, it's a long psalm. We won't have time to consider all of it this evening. But we want to think about it in connection with that prayer our Lord taught us to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. And so Psalm 37, beginning our reading at verse 1. And let's pay careful attention For this is God's own word. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself, it tends only to evil. For the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. In just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. The wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes his teeth at him. But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he sees that his day is coming. The wicked draw the sword and bend their bows to bring down the poor and needy, to slay those whose way is upright. Their sword shall enter their own heart, and their bows shall be broken. Better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The Lord knows the days of the blameless, and their heritage will remain forever. They are not put to shame in evil times. In the days of famine they have abundance, but the wicked will perish The enemies of the Lord are like the glory of the pastures. They vanish like smoke. They vanish away. The wicked borrows but does not pay back. But the righteous is generous and gives. For those blessed by the Lord shall inherit the land, but those cursed by him shall be cut off. The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though we fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken 
for his children begging for bread. He is ever lending generously, and his children become a blessing. Turn away from evil and do good, so shall you dwell forever. For the Lord loves justice. He will not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever. But the children of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell upon it forever. The mouth of the righteous utters wisdom, and his tongue speaks justice. The law of his God is in his heart, and his steps do not slip. The wicked watches for the righteous and seeks to put him to death. The Lord will not abandon him to his power, or let him be condemned when he is brought to trial. Wait for the Lord, and keep his way. And he will exalt you to inherit the land. You will look on when the wicked are cut off. I have seen a wicked, ruthless man spreading himself like a green laurel tree, but he passed away, and behold, he was no more. Though I sought him, he could not be found. Mark the blameless, and behold the upright, for there is a future for the man of peace. But transgressors shall be altogether destroyed. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their stronghold in the time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. Thus far the reading of God's word, may he bless it to us. Uh, You can see why there's too much there uh, to take it all in this evening. It's a glorious psalm filled with wonderful concepts of provision and uh, protection from our God, and it would be too much for us to think about all of it. But it does have something to say to us about the provision that God makes for his people, and that's the connection really that I wanted to think about this with. Because we turn in our study of the Lord's Prayer this evening to that petition we make, give us this day our daily bread. Uh, It's a very important prayer request, um, but this is a request that really marks a kind of transition in the requests that we make in the Lord's Prayer. Um, It's been a while since we looked at the Lord's Prayer, but I trust it's so familiar to many of us that you remember what the the things are that we pray in the Lord's Prayer. Um, And we have considered the first three things we ask for, and they are big things. We might almost say they they are global in their scope. They are universal in their scope. What is the first and most important thing that we pray for? That God's name would be glorified. Hallowed be thy name. Uh, We pray that his kingdom would come. Uh, That's one of the greatest things that we can pray for, that the kingdom of God would come in its fullness. Uh, This time of the year, we love to remember the fact that the king came into the world and brought the beginning of that kingdom that he one day will bring in consummation and glory at his return. Uh, Give thy kingdom come. That's a big, a big prayer request, uh, that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's a big prayer request. And it almost seems like the, the, the prayer takes a strange turn and gets kind of small. Give us this day our daily bread. Does that match up with the great prayers we've made thus far? Uh, why do we go here in our prayer? Maybe it's so familiar to us. That can be one of the problems, right? Things have become so familiar to us, we don't really pause and consider. But it's kind of an interesting transition in the prayer, isn't it? From these big global interests that certainly touch on us personally, but are much greater in scope than to suddenly turn to those really most basic needs of our lives. 
give us this day our daily bread. Um, it's, it's a prayer that's intensely personal. Um, and that's, that's what this prayer is recognizing. The Lord taught us a prayer that's for all the needs that we have for body and soul. And we have needs that are big and universal in their scope, as we thought about in the first three petitions. But we also have needs of our body and soul that are intensely individual and personal. That I need today daily bread. What a wonderful thing it is to think that our Lord was mindful of both. Uh, The big and global needs of the world, but also the individual and particular needs of his people. And this prayer takes those into consideration as well. We are a people who need provision daily from our God. So he gives us a prayer for provision. Uh, We are a people who need pardon. So he gives us a prayer for pardon Forgive us our sins. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We are a people who need protecting. And so he gives us a prayer for protection. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Um, We have all kinds of needs. Some of those needs are big and global and universal. Some of those needs are intensely personal. And that's what this particular petition is considering, the need that we have for provision, uh, the need we have as God's people for him to provide us our daily needs. There are people that in this transition in the prayer from these big global needs to these intensely personal needs have tried to make the petition a little bit bigger by trying to say, you know, what it's really talking about here is Christ as the bread of life. What do we need every day? We really need Christ who is the bread of life. Now, is Christ the bread of life? Absolutely. You suspect me of asking trick questions, I know. Um, I can see no one wants to commit one way or another. Christ is the living bread. Amen? Amen? Right? He is the living bread, without whom we cannot live, right? He is true food unto life eternal. Uh, that is a glorious truth. That's not the truth he's teaching us in this prayer. Um, we're not trying, we don't need to make it bigger, we don't need to make it more extensive. What is our Lord teaching us in this prayer? He's teaching us that we are a people who need provision every day. And to go to our God as the God who promises to provide us what we need every day. Um, God is concerned with our big needs and the big needs of the world. He's also concerned with our particular needs. We have physical lives. He's made us body and soul. It shouldn't be surprising that he who made body and soul cares about body and soul. He cares not just about our spiritual welfare, he also cares about our physical welfare and makes provision for it and teaches us how we are to ask him about it. Um, And this is important for us to recognize that we are bodies and souls Um, and God cares about both and both are connected, right? Our physical needs can have spiritual ramifications to them. Um, If we don't have our needs met, we can take bad spiritual turns Um, If we can think about our Lord and one of his temptations in the wilderness, our Lord had the devil come to him when he'd been 40 days and nights without food. And what was one of the first things the devil tempted him with? We read about these temptations in Matthew 4 and Luke 4, don't we? And what does he come and do to him in his hunger? Tempts him to take stones and turn them into bread. 
And we see right there that the physical needs of our physical lives that our Lord entered into have spiritual ramifications. Because the devil is essentially testing the Lord and tempting the Lord to commit the sin that the people committed in the wilderness when they didn't have bread. And they, they, in their sin, said, can God really spread a table in the wilderness? Psalm 78 tells us they put him to the test by demanding the food they craved. They spoke against God and saying, can God spread a table in the wilderness? And the devil comes to our Lord in his hunger and tries to tempt him to make the same test. Can God spread a table in the wilderness? Our physical needs can have spiritual ramifications. In that great book of wisdom, in the Psalms, we have this man, Agur. We don't know much about him, but we hear of him in Proverbs 30. And you might remember that he makes two requests of God. Uh, he says in Proverbs 37 to 9, Two things I ask of you, deny them not to me before I die. Remove far from me falsehood and lying, and give me neither poverty or riches. Those are the two things he prays for. Um, now, the first, I guess, doesn't need to be explained. He only explains the second request. He says, give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. He was wise. He knew the truth that our physical lives and the needs of our lives have spiritual ramifications if he had too much he might be tempted to forget God. If he didn't have enough, he might be tempted to steal and profane God. The Lord has made us body and soul. Our physical lives and our spiritual lives are connected, and we're reminded that God has made provision for both and told us to seek his face in provision for the things we need for our physical lives. And so we want to think about this petition and simply think about the petition for provision that our Lord teaches us to make, and the purpose of the petition, why the Lord wants us to pray this prayer. And that's how I want to think about uh, this petition and connect it to Psalm 37 tonight, the petition for provision and the purpose of the petition. That's what we want to think about this evening. Uh, give us this day our daily bread. Uh, the catechism is very helpful in saying, what does that mean when we ask that? It says, give us this day our daily bread means provide for all of our physical needs. We recognize in a profound sense that when we're asking God for daily bread, we're not limiting our request to bread. Um, in bread, we are comprehending all of those needs that we have for our physical life. That certainly includes true and literal food, uh, but it includes really all the things that we need for life. Uh, we know that our physical lives demand more than just food and water. And the, and, the, and the Word of God reminds us that we don't have a bread and water God. Um, he's a God who's given out of His abundance, who generously gives, who generously provides us all the kinds of things that we need for our lives. We need food. We need clothing. We need health. We need a peaceful nation to be able to enjoy those things. As we begin to think about the physical things we need, we see really how extensive that prayer really becomes uh, to have all of these things, not only to have the things that we need, but be able to make profitable use of them. 
This prayer reminds us that we need God's help not just to have these things, but also to make good use of the things that we are given. Um, To have these things and not to be able to make good use of them uh, makes the bread no better than stones. Um, uh, Ursinus, who's one of the authors of the Heidelberg Catechism, makes an interesting comment like that in his commentary where he says, to have bread without the blessing is no better than a stone. What is it to have these things if you don't have God's blessing with these things? If you can't make profitable use of them. We need not only the provision, but the blessing of the God who provides them to us so that we can make the best use of the things with which he has blessed us. Um, That's why Ursinus, I think, rightly said, looking at this petition, we do not merely pray for bread itself, but also for the blessing of God. For if God does not bless us in that which we receive, all our cares and labors are in vain, and the gifts of God themselves are therefore useless. This petition is reminding us that we are desperately in need of God to provide us what we need. But we are so needy that we can't even make good use of the things God gives us unless he blesses those as well. Um, It reminds us of really the depth of our need, not just to have these things, but to have his blessing along with them. Uh, This petition really teaches us, as one person put it, to pray about our needs, not our greeds. To pray for the things that we really need in this life. Um, Not great riches, but only such things as are necessary for us today. It's a kind of limited horizon in that prayer, isn't it? Give us this day our daily bread. The things we need today acknowledging that these things will not do us any good unless God blesses them to us. Because without God's blessing, our sinus goes on to say, without which bread is not bread, but becomes, as it were, a stone or poison. For he who gives bread that it may not profit him that receives it any more than if it were a stone, gives a stone and not bread. Such now are the blessings which the wicked receive from God and take it, as it were, to themselves. Um, what, it, what good is it to have things without God's blessing? And we see how much we need God's blessing in addition to the things that he gives us. And I think Ursinus in doing all this talk about bread and stones really has in mind the temptation of our Lord. Um, but it really brings into stark relief just how much we need God. Just how much we need him to provide for us. It takes us back to thinking about Um, all the ways in which God provides for us and just how important it is to have his blessing with it. Because our Lord was confronted in the wilderness by a hunger that he had the power to satisfy. The The devil's temptation is not really a temptation of whether Jesus has the power. Right? We know our Lord would have the power to turn stones into bread to feed himself. Um, We know that he could have done that. But we also know what that would have meant. What it would have meant is this, that he had ceased to trust his father to provide for him and thought he had to take it into his own hands. And I think what Jesus understood, what the devil understood, and thanks be to God, Jesus understood it better than the devil understood it, was to take the stones and turn them into bread would have the bread, but without the father's blessing. 
He would have had the bread, but the bread without the blessing. I think your sinus is right. If you have the bread and you have no blessing from God, you have something no better than a stone. And the Lord knew what the devil was trying to get him to do. And the Lord knew the truth that to have his father's blessing without the bread was the greater part than to have the bread without the blessing. He knew the importance of both. And he gives us a petition that reminds us of the importance of both. That we need God to provide things to us and we need the blessing of God that we might make profitable use of those things. That's really what we're asking for when we pray this prayer. Uh, give us these things and give them to us with your blessing. And that's really what the purpose of the petition helps to remind us of. The reason for which God wants us to pray this prayer. And the catechism is helpful for bringing that into focus from God's word as well. Why do we pray this prayer? What is the purpose of this petition? Question 125 goes on to say, So that we may recognize that you are the only source of everything good and that neither our care and work nor your gifts can do us any good without your blessing. The purpose of this petition is to continually remind us of our absolute dependence on God for everything we need to sustain our lives. Um, and maybe for us in America, that's even more important for us because we have so much in comparison to what so many other people in the world have. Um, that it's easy for us to forget just how dependent we are on God for everything that we have. Um, I remember a number of years ago, and maybe I've shared this story with you before, um, of talking to a student from Nigeria once, a seminary student from Nigeria who um, was praying the Lord's Prayer with us, and then after we were done praying, he was kind of smiling, and somebody asked him what he was smiling about, and he said, it's a wonderful blessing to pray that prayer and not actually wonder where the daily bread is coming from. He said it's a different thing to pray that prayer when you have a full refrigerator and a full cupboard and even if you didn't have anything on hand to make, you would have the money to go out and get food somewhere else. Um, we pray that prayer. We acknowledge theologically that we are completely dependent on God but I wonder if we're blessed with so much that we forget how absolutely dependent we are on God. Many of us have never prayed this prayer actually wondering where daily bread will come from. Maybe some of you have. Maybe some of you do know what it's like to pray that prayer and not know where the food is coming from. But whether we've actually had been forced ever to confront our absolute dependence on God, it doesn't change the fact that we are always, every day, absolutely dependent upon Him. Um, we could not do anything on our own. And we have to for never forget that fundamental truth. It's easy for us to lose sight of that. Uh, we use phrases like, I'm the breadwinner in my family, or I'm the one that puts food on my family's table. And it would be easy for us to lose sight of the fact that we could do none of that without God's help. We could do none of that without God's blessing. Without his manifold gifts to us and to the world, we would have nothing. Now, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty for what you've got in the refrigerator or calling you to live some kind of life of austerity. These things are a wonderful blessing from God, but we ought never to forget how dependent we are on him how absolutely dependent we are on God. 
right? There wouldn't be anything on the grocery shelves to buy if God didn't water the earth and cause it to bring forth food. And what good would the food on the shelves do to us if he didn't give us jobs that we could earn money to buy it? And what good would all the food and money in the world do us if God didn't give us the health to enjoy it? And what if we had the goods and the money and the health, but there were roving bands of people looking to take it away because it was a lawless place? We begin to think about these things. We see how dependent we are on God, how dependent we are for his blessing, how dependent we are for his provision. Without God's help, famine and disease and war would certainly overwhelm us. And why don't they? Because they're held in check by our faithful God who's determined to give us this day our daily bread. That's why we should never forget to acknowledge that even the most basic necessities of life are God's gift to us. And if he didn't bless the gifts and the times and the circumstances, they wouldn't be of any benefit to us. I love that statement in the catechism. You are the only source of everything good. And neither our care and work nor your gifts can do us any good without your blessing. And that really, I think, is what Psalm 37 is doing. Maybe you thought I forgot Psalm 37. Um, but that really, I think, is what doing is bringing into stark relief for God's people just how dependent we are in, on God in every circumstance of life. And one of the circumstances that David does hone in on is how the Lord has provided for his life. And I particularly thought of this psalm in connection with this petition because of what David says in verses 23 to 26 particularly what he says in verse 25. It reveals to us that this psalm is a psalm that David wrote when he was an old man. It's a psalm in many ways that reflects back on his life as an old man and as an old king. And as he reflects back on his life and as he reflects back on the God who has been with him all of his life, he says something wonderful in verse 25. I have been young... And now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging bread. I have been young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging bread. How does that strike you when you hear it? Do you want to take issue with that statement from David? Um, do we think David maybe is being a little naive? Do we think that maybe David is being a little bit nostalgic? And might we say, maybe you've lost a step in your old age, king, but you begged for bread once. You had a time in your life where you didn't have bread and you had to go to the high priest and ask for the showbread because you and your men had nothing to eat. And you went to, remember that when David went to the high priest and asked, do you have any bread? And he said, well, I have the bread of the presence. I can give you that. So in David's own experience, he did beg for bread. So what are we to make of this statement, right? Um, Now, you should relax. I'm not going to tell you there are mistakes in the Bible or that David is wrong about this. Um, But clearly he's making a point here, right, that that I think strikes us that there are people who need things that are from the Lord. We know we have brothers and sisters in the world that are in want, that are in need, that face difficulty. And how does this passage come to them? 
and to people who experience what David experienced, having to find yourself begging bread. Is David saying that God's people never have any trouble in this life? Any difficulty in this life? Well, that can't be the case. This psalm is filled with the kind of difficulty that God's people face. Psalm 37 recounts many kinds of adversity. Uh, God's people struggle with the wicked in many ways. We read that in verses 7, 12, 14, 32, 33, and 40. God's people struggle with the wicked in many ways. David says they face famine. They face stumbling. They face trouble. Is he saying we never face difficulty as Christians? We never face times of want or need? No, what is David saying? I've never seen the righteous forsaken by God. No matter how bad the adversity has been, no matter how bad the want has been, how bad the need has been, how bad the circumstances are, God's people are never abandoned by Him. They always have Him. I think that's what David is saying. I've never seen the righteous forsaken by God to look to Him and trust Him and to find themselves abandoned. I've been young and now I'm old and no matter what I face, the Lord has never forsaken me. The Lord has never abandoned me. And He gives prosperity to those who follow Him in His time. That was the truth Paul understood, someone who went through adversity. He said in Philippians 4.19, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. God will always ultimately provide for his people and will not forsake them. I remember years ago coming across the story of a missionary who had served the Lord in difficult places and then about at age 50 decided he wanted to go to Tierra del Fuego and try to share the gospel among the natives there. And while he was on the way with a bunch of his companions, they were shipwrecked on a desert island. And there was a rescue ship dispatched to follow them and to to try to get to them, but it was a, a hard part of the world. And when the rescue ship finally got there, they found him and all of his companions dead. Um, This man who had wanted to go do this missionary work never got where he wanted to go and died on this desert island, starved to death. And they found his journal. And his journal was filled with reflections of their need and and his petitions to God, quoting many of the Psalms and bringing up those requests to God for help. And one of the things they found in that journal was as things got more and more desperate, they could see the desperation of his cries to the Lord but also how he used the Psalms to say, but I'm sure God will never forsake me. Even if I don't survive, I know the Lord won't forsake me. And even though he knew he was dying for want of daily bread, he had every confidence the Lord was with him, that the Lord would provide for him, and that if he didn't see provision in this life, that God would certainly supply every need of his according to his riches in glory. In Christ Jesus. Um, He died in hope. Despite dying. Of hunger. And I think that's what this psalm holds out to us. The Lord does not abandon his own. And this helps us to look to him. For all things and to trust him alone. 
one of the purposes of this petition is that we would withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it in you alone. Give us this day our daily bread is really a prayer of pilgrim trust. It's a reminder to us that we are aliens and sojourners in this world. And aliens and sojourners live days one day at a time. Not always sure what the next day will hold. And this petition, I think, is meant to bring into mind, into the minds of God's people, how the Lord provided for his people in the wilderness. When he gave them manna to eat from heaven. Do you remember what the condition was for collecting manna? You can collect enough for today. And what happened if you tried to hedge bets and collect enough for today and tomorrow? It would turn to worms and it would stink. But what happened if you collected enough for today? The Word of God tells us that some people went out and collected a lot and it was enough for them. And there were some people who went out and collected a little and it was enough for them. However much anybody collected for themselves for that day, it was enough. And what did you have to do then? Trust God for tomorrow. He provided for you today. Will you trust him to provide for you tomorrow? And what is the testimony of scripture? God did that to them, for them every day for 40 years. God is a God who can be trusted to provide for his people what they need. And that's what this prayer is. It's a prayer of trust. That's what Jesus' temptation in the wilderness was with regard to bread. It was a test of trust. John Calvin is really helpful on this. The devil was in effect saying to our Lord, distrust your heavenly father and find bread for yourself apart from him. And Christ's answer was in effect to say, I have no reason to suspect that my heavenly father will not support me as he has promised in his word. And though every kind of food is wanting, his blessing alone is sufficient for my nourishment. And he quoted that well-known, those well-known words, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. In this, Jesus t- shows us what the attitude of the faithful has always been. If all I have is the Lord and nothing else, that's all I need. If all I have is the Lord and nothing else, that's all I need. That's what I need for life. Um, David knew that truth. He expressed that in this psalm. In verse 16, better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. Asaph knew that truth that we sang from Psalm 73. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Habakkuk knew that truth about having God. He said, though the fig tree should not blossom nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail and the the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herds in the stall. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Paul knew that truth. He said, we live as having nothing yet possessing everything. 
And our Lord knew that truth, quoting Moses, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. We need to pray this prayer constantly that we might not misuse the privileges we have as the children of God. That we might not trust in other things or in ourselves, but would always trust in our Heavenly Father. That's ultimately what the devil wanted our Lord to do in the wilderness, was to misuse his sonship. To turn the stones into bread and assert his will over and against the will of his Father. But what Jesus does for us is help us to affirm that life is more fundamentally dependent on God's word and God's blessing than it is on earthly bread. And that was true for him even when he'd been 40 days in the wilderness without food. Um, We have to be a people who pray this prayer in trust, who pray this prayer acknowledging our need and acknowledging that we trust that our Heavenly Father can spread for us a table in the wilderness of this world, that we have no good apart from him, and we know and trust that he will give us all that we need, his bread and his blessing today. And if we should ever come to a day where we find ourselves going hungry, wanting through famine or stumbling or in trouble, we can be sure that in that moment we are not abandoned. We are not forsaken. And God will come to our aid, supplying us abundantly out of the riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Thanks be to our Heavenly Father who gives us this day our daily bread and always shows himself worthy of our trust. To him be the glory. Amen. Let us pray together. Our Father in heaven, how easy it is for us to lose sight of how dependent we are on you. Not just for the great spiritual things of this life, but also for the simple necessities. We know that we can be tempted to think that we provide for ourselves in our own strength. And when we do that, we're just simply blind to the many ways we need your blessing and your help. And that even if we were given things, we could not use them really to our benefit if we we didn't have your blessing as well. And so help us always to trust in you. Help us to trust in you to give us enough for today and to live every day in that hope and that trust that you will not forsake or abandon your people. Lord, wherever your people are in need this evening, we pray that you would meet their needs out of the abundance of your riches and glory in Christ Jesus, that you would help them even in their want to know they are not forsaken by you. And we pray that you would give us a heart to help our brothers and sisters who are in need to the best of our ability, uh, that we might help them to make their provision in your name and for your glory. Help us to trust in you, we pray, and help us, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.